Coming to you pre-recorded from a cramped closet in Las Vegas, Nevada, and a New York City apartment far too close to the street. It's your favorite millennials with too much time on their hands. Welcome to the Red Team Reviews Podcast. Hello and to another edition of Red Team Reviews. Pass. The cranberry <laughs> sauce wrap mashed potatoes. Ooh, the jerky looked great. Lynn. Thank you for loving me. Lynn, please. please Thank go. you for being there. Please, Lynn, stop. Thank you for loving me. Lynn. Everybody's thanking. Lynn. The whole world's thanking Lynn, you. Lynn, stop. Thanking us for thanking you. Lynn, for the love of God. Kill the turkey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, happy Thanksgiving uh, for all those who... S- all those. All those who celebrate it. Uh, you're currently listening to TJ Patrick, who is very thankful for his loving friend and cohort, uh, Mr. Trevor Catalano. Also, we're recording this in August, in, uh, not August, in October. Um, we don't know if we're gonna be thankful in three weeks. Yeah. So. Yeah. This is gonna... We don't know what happened. We're recording this. We may have to just cut this and do a new one. a very... <laughs> dark cloud hanging over our lives every day until a certain oh and plus with mail-in it might even not be on the day and it's just oh yeah we might not even know by the time this goes live like we have we we might have no idea we don't even know if he'll actually leave if he does lose and it's just uh thank you for loving me uh, and if he and if he doesn't, then people are just gonna be cackling while listening to this, being like, Haha, "You idiots! He decided not to leave. He got the national guard involved. Uh, <laughs> it's a dictatorship." Anyway, yeah, let's talk about um, things that Thanksgiving aren't that. episode. <laughs> let's take our minds off of whatever is happening in this future, unknown future that we're stumbling headfirst into with uh bob's boygus bob yeah so bobby 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 <laughs> yeah no uh we're gonna we're gonna talk about we're gonna do our our segment rejector renew for uh fresh prince of bel-air I get to be the queen of the tykes uh in just a moment but because it's thanksgiving um you know and we've already talked about friends on this podcast we wanted to just do a quick shout out it's on our rejector renew list but um, to what is my personal favorite uh, Thanksgiving tradition, which is Bob's Burgers uh, Thanksgiving episodes. Um, truly, I believe that the only show that puts more stake into its Thanksgiving episodes than any other episode in the season. Um, and it's honestly, if I think back to it, like the show, the re- like Thanksgiving is the reason I got into Bob's Burgers. My friends would sing that song and I'd be like, what is this? And they're like, do you not watch Bob's Burgers? And I'd be like, I saw a little bit of it. And it was like around like junior, senior year of college. And I started watching the show and I absolutely fell in love with the show and just the, the rewatchability of it, just like the, with the little quips and Thanksgiving episodes are some of my favorite. I, I've watched them for the past five years while making my turkey. And so I really wanted to just have TJ watch like three of them, three, like my three favorites and like talk about it real quick because it's a great show. It's a show that's about family and food. And so like, why, of course you're going to do a Thanksgiving episode. And for me, it's another show with H John Benjamin. So, you know, it's not to <laughs> So, so like the three episodes we're gonna go over like pretty quickly. Um, the first one, uh, the basic plot is that uh, Bob loves Thanksgiving, loves it more than you know pretty much anything else because he gets to cook the entirety of the meal. And actually, I- I'm blanking on what the first 
Oh my goodness. I love it so much, but I'm blanking on it's the other the plot points. It's the one with, um, they pretend to be the family of the landlord. Yes, that's right. Yes. So Mr. Fish Odor, his landlord, needs somebody to fake his family. Um, and so Bob has to be the cook while the other people, while the other family members get to be a fake family. Um, oh, and he drinks absinthe and hallucinates. Um, really? That's the first one? I thought that was, yeah, that is the first one. Yep. Second one, uh, the following season, um, is with, uh, uh, Linda's sister Gail is coming over. They have some other guests for Thanksgiving, and somebody in the house has been sabotaging Thanksgiving by putting the turkey uh, in the toilet mm-hmm. every single time. And we fi- later find out that it's Bob sleepwalking because his kids are getting older and he misses uh, he misses you know potty training them, and he's taking cold medication that makes him sleepwalk, and he thinks it's the kids, and he's putting them on the toilet. Um, but he's, it's actually the turkey. And then the third one is the dawn of the peck where all these birds get set loose on wonder wharf and start attacking people in the town because they were mistreated. Um, and Bob is also drunk out of his mind in that episode as well. Um, <laughs> though that's not as crucial a plot point. No, no, they have to like, it's, it's like dawn of the dead. Um, but with turkeys, uh, yeah, it's, I love these episodes. They're very important to me. Mm hmm. So tread lightly, TJ. <laughs> so I'm just like I'm, I'm just I'm just letting you talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're just a lot of fun. Like Bob picking out his turkey in the first episode, um, and finally finding one and just screaming, "You are the one!" to the whole supermarket, and then Gene quipping back with, "That turkey is our mom now." These are things that I will say with no one else getting them at my own Thanksgivings. Um, somebody will mention the turkey and I'll be like, that turkey is our mom now. And, and it's, it's something I do. Um, and there's one of probably one of the funniest scenes in all of Bob's burgers where in the second episode, when they have to keep replacing the turkey, the deli guy who keeps selling him the turkeys <laughs> thinks that Bob is coming on to him by continually showing up. And at first he's like, no, no, I'm in a relationship. And then eventually he's like, no, uh, no, things aren't going so well with Tony. Like, are we doing this? We're doing this. And like, there's hints that Bob is like, bye. It takes a while for him to even say that he's married. <laughs> it takes so long for him to like yeah. remember. He's like, that he's, he's like, married. you deserve better than me, and also I'm married. <laughs> <laughs> you should work it out with Tony. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, these also Thanksgiving is a special place in my heart, just because a uh, TJ knows I like making speeches. Um, and so as the guy who's been making the turkey for his friends for the past five years, this will be the first Thanksgiving where I'm actually with my family since college. And, uh, so I've been making, I've been cooking the turkey. I do a lot of the sides. Uh, my friends have gotten in fights with me over Thanksgiving because I'm so particular. And they're like, why can't we just have a ham too? And I'm like, cause it's two meats. Why do you have two meats? Oh my God, you're uh, Monica. And they're like, cause people want it. And I'm like, that's not how we do this. Um, so I am, I, Thanksgiving is important to me because I get to make the toast and everything. And, but also like, I like, I like the idea of, of giving thanks and, and reminiscing on, on the things that you're grateful for. And so to have a show that also I love in its own right, then like put that on a pedestal is, it's very important to me. And I, I really enjoy it. So, uh, Trevor has done a very dangerous thing in putting one of his favorite things in my hands. <laughs> I was nice to you about Avatar. 
It's not fear. Look, let me just make something very clear right now. There is nothing that I love that I won't eviscerate. <laughs> okay? Like, <laughs> I, nobody can critique yeah, like Avatar my heart. the way that I can. Like, like Avatar is... Don't n- say nobody. Like, you can't say nobody. I, mm, because some people will willy-nilly kind of go like, well, Avatar has no flaws. It's a perfect show. And I'm like, I love Avatar. It's my favorite piece of media. And give me, like, one more go around with the, with the show just to refresh myself. And I could give you a list of the th- <laughs> of the things that could be better, of the things that suck, of the things that don't make sense. Like, I... Duh. But so that's why I'm like, I'm willing to do that with my baby. So <laughs> imagine, imagine what I will do with Bob's bikers. So he's done a very dangerous thing here. Uh, yeah, what did I do? I don't know why you did. I was this. trying to have a positive Thanksgiving. <laughs> I will say. The first Thanksgiving episode, because I watched these three, and I watched them today, and I watched them back to back to back. So it's fresh. The first Thanksgiving episode is very average. It's okay. It's like, all right. The second Thanksgiving episode. You stop recording this minute, mister. The second Thanksgiving episode, much better. I was actually laughing this time. Um... With the exception, of course, of the first episode of, like, uh, of Bob picking the turkey. That was probably the highlight of <laughs> of that first Thanksgiving episode. Because anytime H. John Benjamin kind of gets to riff and get louder and louder and, and then just, like, climax into a cacophony of just, like, screams and bellows, that's, that's usually good. Um, so I will say that the second episode I thought was much better. Third episode was just as good, maybe a little bit better than the second one. It's difficult because they offer two different things. I think the second episode is very good with dialogue. It's, it's very dialogue heavy and it's, it finally offers you like, the first Thanksgiving episode is very plot heavy. It's very situational. Um, so you don't really get a lot of the characters if this is like me. You know, I've seen Boss Burgers, so I'm familiar with the format and what characters are like. But if you are just getting thrust into this one episode with no context, you don't really get a ton of what makes the characters like really work that well. The second episode, the second Thanksgiving episode does that much better. Like, Louise is very Louise. Tina is very Tina. Jean is very, like, you know, they really do a much better job of uh, kind of giving you a better idea of, like, what the show is like in general. And it just so happens to be a Thanksgiving episode. And it just so happens to be very good. And uh, I thought the dialogue was very good. It was very funny. Uh, I liked the aspect of it's basically a murder mystery because I didn't really like yeah. the plot from the first one. I was just kind of like, eh, okay. I mean, I don't really care about it. The second one was where I was like, okay, see now. Yeah, I actually like this plot. So I'm a little bit more into it now. Uh, 
that being said, I did know pretty much immediately. I'm like, oh, so it's Bob. Because <laughs> that's, that's more of like a, a, a sitcom kind of thing. We're like, usually if it's like a big mystery and they kind of give you logical reason to not really suspect any one person over the other, I'm like, well, it might just be the person accusing them and they don't realize that they're doing it. And that's literally what happened. I was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, the third episode is very different because this is very plot heavy like the first one was, but it's actually like it's so absurd that it is ridiculous and that's where the comedy comes from. Whereas the first one was kind of subdued. It's like very much kind of more slice of life. This is like a, a thing you would see on a regular sitcom. The third episode, the third Thanksgiving episode, though, is very much like, no, we're going to dial the shit up to 11 because we can. We're an animated show. Of course we can. <laughs> and yeah, Bob's Burgers is at its best when things are ridiculous. Yeah. And also at its best when they parody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Their parody work is very good. Um, also, uh, it's very cheap. I will just I just like to say this for the re- it's very cheap uh because for me a very quick way most of the time it doesn't always work but most of the time it's very easy to make me laugh with slow-mo set to music that's very like dissonant to what's happening and that's very much a part of <laughs> Of a very big part of the third episode, which is like, um, oh no, what is he? List- I just, I just lost it. Uh, it's not Diana Ross. It's um, fuck. He's listening to um, shit. Oh, I just saw this episode too. Uh, he's listening to some music that's very not fitting of the situation, and then you cut back to them like running in slow-mo from these, like, birds trying to kill them and, like, the stuffed animals mm-hmm. are peeling off and they're catching up. And it's just, like, <laughs> very dissonant music. And I'm like, that's not really fair because that's just that's just funny. It can't not be funny. <laughs> um. So, yeah, all in all, I you know, two out of three. Two out of three is not bad. It's good. Good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. It's all right. It's okay. And, you know, it's fine. It's pretty decent. It's, uh, you know, it's not for everybody. (laughs) It is for everyone. (laughs) This is for everyone. Rated E for everyone. Everyone. But also no. (laughs) (laughs) Bob's Burgers is definitely, definitely not a show for everyone. (laughs) Yeah, no, it is a mature show. It is a it is a mature show, <laughs> but here's the thing: the thing I love about Bob's Burgers, as opposed to other, especially Fox comedies, uh, like animated comedies, is that like nobody, everyone in the family loves each other, like, and they actually, yeah. even if they disagree on things or get annoyed with each other, they support each other, and they're like, they love that each other is weird, which is like the anti-family guy. Yeah, I really did like that. That's like one of the things that I did like from even the first uh, Thanksgiving episode that I saw was, like, how quickly Linda will just, like, be on board with Bob. Like, the second, like, Lance got <laughs> shot, everything was just, like, all the 
pretense went away, and Linda was just like right there with Bob, like mourning Bob! for Lance. <laughs> there's an episode. Uh, there's an episode where uh, Teddy uh, is eating too many burgers, and like it's affecting his health. And Bob wakes up one day, and he goes, "Ah, oh, I'm killing Teddy." And Linda goes. Oh, okay, well, I guess, uh, you know, the car's gassed up. I can homeschool the kids. And she's like, no, I'm he's I'm currently doing it. Why did you think we were going to kill Teddy? And she's like, I'm just being supportive. <laughs> that reminds me of... Uh, That's a major thing I love about Bob's Burgers. That reminds me of Hal and Lois from Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> exactly. Another show that I hope we get to uh, in the Reject or Renew lineup. Speaking of which... Which brings us, of course, to the meat and potatoes, <laughs> Thanksgiving, uh, the meat and potatoes of the episode, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. See, I, I never think of meat, of meat and potatoes as like a, like poultry and potatoes. For some reason, my brain always jumps to steak. I mean, yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't really specify. I mean, you could have steak for Thanksgiving. Fuck, fuck the norms. Fuck society. I mean, uh, uh, maybe lamb. Like, lamb in terms uh, of red meat, but, like, steak? Uh. Look, man, you're talking to somebody who's actually probably never actually had a steak. So, I mean, it. I was just saying it for inclusion. Wait, what? <laughs> How do you... What? Steak has never really appeared to me. What do you mean you've never had a me. steak? Steak's never appealed to me. I just... I'm I like, have to make you a steak, dude. Like, like I'm not gonna say, sit here and be like, I'm, I'm a man. I shoot my my cow and I make my steak. But like, <laughs> I need to make you a steak. <laughs> it's like that episode of that '70s show where they eat the the buck that Red <laughs> kills, and they just start right. like spitting out like parts of the bullets that are still in it. <laughs> Oh, God. But we're not here to talk about that 70s show. We're here to talk about the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Question, is it the catchiest theme song on the list, do you think? Uh, I Honestly, I have to take a stronger look at that list. Um, right? Like, I don't know, it's, but it, it's, it's got... There's a lot... There's a lot going on. I mean, the other day I had the Scrubs theme stuck in my head. So like, you know, don't. Yeah. I mean, ec- I mean, X-Files. That doesn't really get stuck in my head, though. Nah. I guess. I tell you what theme song won't get stuck in my head. Buffy. That's something that I didn't uh, bring up last time <laughs> that I was kicking myself <laughs> when we got off the air. And I was just like, damn, I didn't mention that s- whack ass themes, non theme song. Oh, my God. Um. I mean, oh, yeah, also, no, this is definitely up there in terms of, like, theme songs that you remember. Yeah. Oh, wait, hold, oh, never mind. I'm I'm sorry, Cowboy Bebop is on this list. No, fuck the Fresh Prince. <laughs> Maybe that's a controversial never statement. Never watched it. Never watched it. whenever we get to that, Tank, oh my god, no. Tank is an amazing song. I can't even, I can't even start <laughs> to compare the two. But, I will say this. Yeah. This is the only theme song of the entire list that while like after binging it, like most theme songs after I binge it, like I'd binged community earlier in the quarantine. Um, I will just be like walking around the house and it'll pop in my head and I will blurt out like nonsense lyrics to the same tune, especially if it's like a song like How I Met Your Mothers or Communities where it's like it's a song on its own right. 
where I'm like, oh, I just have do's and deep and and the days. Like it's 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 the only one on the list that I can't do that with because it's just so iconic. I also have to I also have to kind of oh man, Pokemon is on this list. Teen Titans is on. Damn, shit. Oh, okay, all right. <laughs> oh, I, I I hate the Teen Titans theme song. What, sir? Yeah. I'm hate. I mean, not ha- I, I. I've never liked it, sir. Okay. This is a, look. Okay, I, no. I will make you a steak, and I, you make me no. a Teen Titans theme song. Uh, this is a deb- <laughs> this is a debate for another day. But oh my god! But. Okay. <laughs> will Smith so, deserves more of our time. Uh, in case uh you skip the Buffy episode, we're just gonna run over real quick. Uh, we're gonna go through an episode. Oh, sorry. This is reject or renew. Let me start from the absolute top. Uh, this is Reject or Renew. <laughs> We're going to go through a season of a show that was picked randomly. Uh, last time we did this, we talked about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, Trev loved it. I put up with it. Um, and then we did a poll from a nice list that you can find on uh, our Instagram, at Red Team Pod, uh, where we have a comedy category, drama slash action, and animated we have a bunch of popular shows there, some that we've seen, some that we haven't, uh, a lot of fan favorites just in general, and Fresh Prince of Bel-Air won the poll from last week, or I should the draft from last week, so, last week, uh, last month, sorry, um, so here we are reviewing Fresh Prince. Now, how we're going to do that is first, we're going to do an episode guide, so we're going to rapid fire, uh, give a nice little quick summary of every episode. And in after those summaries, we are going to do like a quick one to two sentence, like what our main takeaway was for the episode, our major thoughts coming away from it. And then we're going to talk about the highest rated episode, in our opinion, the lowest rated episode, which is basically just our favorite and least favorite episode. Then most valuable character, least valuable character, those speak for themselves. And then we're going to give general notes, which is, you know, again, pretty self-explanatory. And after that, we are going to uh, ask our lovely digital assistant Siri to give us some new contestants for the draft. And then we will have a new season to watch for the next episode of Reject or Renew. All right, so we're going to launch into the episode guide first, as mentioned. So uh, I will start off, and then Trev will follow. Uh, I will give this summary. Trev will give his uh, takeaway. I will give my takeaway, and then Trev will give the next summary, and so on and so forth. Trevor Beverly, and we will very much try to control ourselves because we can go down certain topics. But there are twenty-five episodes yes. in this first season, uh, longest longest show in terms of episode numbers that we've had so far. Well, um, yeah. so we'll try to keep it. We'll try to keep it as rapid fire as possible, so we can get to actually talking about it. All right, Trevor Beverly, are you ready, sir? I am ready, sir. All right, here we go. For the first season of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Starting with episode one, The Fresh Prince Project. Will Smith arrives to live with his bougie aunt and uncle and their kids on the same day as a fancy dinner party. Trev. Uh, it's a pilot. Um, <laughs> it tells us everything we need to know about the characters pretty quickly. Hilarity ensues, quote unquote. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, like, 
Like, I, I will say this about the first few episodes. They put a lot of emphasis on the Will, Will Phil, uh, relationship. Um, with a little bit of Amphib on the side without anybody else. And also the Will Ashley relationship. And that's definitely like tracks with this, this first episode. So, yeah, that's basically brings me to my takeaway, which is just that, wow, they really want conflict right off the bat. Both Will and Phil are kind of caricatures, especially knowing where they go in this season alone. So Trev episode two. Uh, bang the drum, Ashley. When asked, uh, when tasked with taking Ashley to violin practice, Will instead pawns said violin in lieu of a drum set. Hilarity supposedly ensues. You you can't put opinions in this. <laughs> <laughs> it was my. You, that's what TJ wrote these. When, <laughs> that's what happens when you use my summary, man. They're written in my voice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, good. My my takeaway is uh, peppering lines. And peppering in lines from Will Smith's songs is just a whole new level of indulgence that I I I can't I can't really get with. Uh, I'm also actually confused as to who I'm supposed to be rooting for in this episode outside of Aunt Viv. I mean, I get I get that. I think it's I think it definitely suffers from what a lot of sitcoms start off with, which is like our baseline concept is what we're kind of going with right now. And it's going to be that Will's a fish out of water and that's what we're going to go with. And so like, yeah, I get it. All right. On to episode three, Clubba Hubba. Will tries to impress the strict father of a girl he likes while also pretending to be a hardcore gangster to impress the girl herself. Trevor Lee Beverly. Exactly the same thing. It's very much like, okay, let's keep playing with this fish out of water thing and making sure that we make it clear that it's like Will is... We show what Will is kind of willing to get himself into and also, you know, very much the playing with both sides of himself and kind of starting to see that he's a bigger person than either of the two stereotypes. For me personally, I I mentally checked out of this storyline the second it began. Like, it's just, it, wow, it's cliche to a T. So I was just like, all right. This is what we're doing. I mean, you're going to have to get used to that for the whole se- season because yep. like, there's a lot of cli- the, uh, sitcom cliches that, that come up, which, I mean, it was it was 1990. It's, you know, nobody nobody was trying to reinvent the wheel. The, the reinventing of the wheel at this point was was the nature of the of the black sitcom that wasn't the Cosby show or uh, the Jeffersons like. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, not with my pig, you don't. Uncle Phil gets an award, prompting his parents to visit, and secrets from his past, both flattering and involving li- livestock, uh, being brought into light. Ah, the 90s. Back when it was wild for rich <laughs> white folks to like Southern cooking. Oh, my. Also, really? Wade in the water? Really? Have you only heard, like, a single black spiritual? Really? Really? Okay. I mean, the show was created by two Jewish people. Yep. Um, it shows. It definitely like, shows. You know. Um, no, I actually, I very much like this episode. It's actually something, some details of of the character of Uncle Phil that I forgot. Like, because I don't, if I recall, we don't see his parents as much in future seasons after this. Oh, yeah. Um, but I'm we sure. see his, his mother twice. Um, and we see more of Aunt Viv and Will's mom's family in the rest of the show. And so I actually was like, oh, I like this. I like this. I like these characters. I like grandma. Um, I think this is a, a smart move with this show to bring in yet another fish out of water to kind of shake things up uh, with the dynamics. And and something that I'll, I'll, I'll say in notes, but is, is that like, I like how the lessons learned alternate between Will and other people. Yeah, that is the strength of the first season. Mm-hmm. 
for a reason that I'll get into later. Uh, episode five, homeboy, sweet homeboy. When Will starts to feel homesick, his aunt and uncle fly in his lifelong friend, only for Hillary, uh, only for Hillary to become taken with him. Trevor? Don Cheadle? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> but he was great. Like, he was, he was honestly great. I'm like, you know what? It, it's, he, he was playing a character. Like, it just actually kind of goes to show that Don Cheadle's a good actor because he brought, like, depth to a single episode character. Um, you know, and then, you know, obviously supported by what, what Will says about the character, um, you know, when he's not around. But, um, yeah, I, I actually, again, I enjoyed this one. I, I will not say that I particularly laughed a lot and I, I, saw a lot of things coming but like i did enjoy it the funny thing is that like looking back on this laughing uh was more or less like lines that i had never the lines that i didn't hear or forgot existed that made me laugh but when it comes to like the overall enjoyment of the show it's really about like whether or not the theme landed with me uh my takeaway was that uh it's becoming more and more apparent how few black people were likely involved with the writing of these episodes specifically like actually the writing okay that was my takeaway. Put, put that put that up on the bulletin board. Yeah. Uh-huh. Number six, mistaken identity. Will and Carlton are racially profiled and wrongfully accused of being carjackers after transporting a family friend's car. Uh, so this is probably one of the most infamous episodes of Fresh Prince. Uh, so, I mean, I'll get very specific with the episode. Uh, I won't really blow any more smoke up its ass. M- most other people do that already. Uh, for me, my takeaway was it's unbelievable that in an episode about racial profiling in a series centered around a black family in the 90s, that the most captivating part for me was a singing white prisoner. Like, the f- I genuinely was surprised. I'm like, this this man is <laughs> acting for his life right now. <laughs> He's trying to get another job from this single cameo. <laughs> I don't know if he did. I genuinely don't know if he did either. <laughs> It'd be one thing if we were like, oh, yeah, no, and he went on to be Jesse Tyler Ferguson of uh, Modern Family. <laughs> no, it's not that. <laughs> I find it interesting that you you call it infamous when, when honestly, like, you know, obviously it sucks that this is still relevant to this day and no one has done anything about it. Mm -hmm. But I would call it, I mean, I I was going to say like iconic, like this is one of the iconic fresh Prince of Bel-Air episodes. Oh yeah. And in the first first six episodes, no doubt. In this context, I kind of use those a little bit interchangeably. So I wasn't saying infamous, like in a bad way. No, yeah, no, it's like, it's kind of one of the most important episodes where it's like, if you gathered 20, if you gather just 25 episodes across the the seven seven seasons six across the all the seasons about Fresh Prince like this is one of them yeah like there's three I would say that there's three or four most uh, well known episodes and this is definitely one of them mm-hmm. all right so now episode seven Deaf Poet Society Will joins a poetry club to meet women but is soon caught in a lie once he makes up his own poetry to fit in Trevor. This is an episode I did not remember, um, and I did not remember how it ended, and Joe Marcel in this episode, I love him so much. Um, tack him up uh, on the board of celebrities Trevor has met, um, 
I saw him do King Lear in a in the rain uh, in Oxford in the UK. Um, I love him so much. He is a masterful actor and performer, um, and just every time he's featured in the rest of the in the rest of the season, I love him. Um, so him doing the whole poet thing with the afro and the dashiki was was fantastic for me. Uh, my main takeaway, the thing that I was pretty much yelling at the screen for most of the episode, is just like. Is there a reason Will can't say he improvised the poetry? Oh, I agree. Like I very much agree with that. <laughs> like it's really easy to just go, look, there's no there's no Raphael, there's no Raphael uh Delegato, it's me. Like and wouldn't that work in your favor? Exactly. <laughs> I'm like if you li- if she likes the poetry so much. I guess they try to do it with like the teacher where it's like the teacher's like I know him. Because he's trying to be woke, but it's like, so he's like, I can't lie and say it's me. Uh, it's just, eh, okay, but anyway. Yeah, but no, you're totally right. It's one of those things where I'm like, this would work out better if you just stopped. <laughs> <laughs> Episode eight, someday your prince will be in effect. Uh, will and Carlton scramble to find dates to the Halloween party. Also, there's a clip show. Um, and this is a two-parter with episode nine. I mean... My, the only thing I have to say about this episode is the thing that should be abundantly obvious. You cannot do a clip show on the eighth episode of the first season. Why yeah. is this here? It's bad. Why is it two parts? Let alone a mall episode. Like, a mall episode is just, like, uh, so lazy. Like, I, I would, I would take a mall episode for a one-parter of, like, one episode yeah. randomly in the first season, you haven't earned a clip show. Let alone a two-parter. Sir and or madam. Like, what? Anyway, uh, episode 10. <laughs> episode 10. Uh, kiss my butler. As a birthday present, Will gets Jeffrey a date, but soon wants the attractive woman all to himself. Uh, kind of a repeat of some of the other episodes we saw. I'm beginning to wonder if Will Smith is, in fact, the worst part of this Will Smith show. I don't think so. The character. Because I'm just like, this is one of his worst... Like, he shows his ass in this episode. <laughs> I think it's worth noting that he's 17. Like, the actor, of course, Still. is in his 20s, but, like, <laughs> he's playing a 17-year-old. Still. <laughs> Damn. But yeah, I mean, like, you know, that's the thing is that, like, you know, our main character is not above being flawed. And, and I, I would argue that there's plenty of moments in all of this, especially the way that he treats Ashley and wants her to be herself and not be bogged down by, like, the just like the toxic parts of Bel Air, like society and stuff like that. Will shows like a lot of good sides to him, even if he can be jealous and horny. Like, well, I'll get to that. Episode 11, Courting Disaster. Will makes a splash on the basketball team, overshadowing Carlton. Trevor? Uh, very emotionally driven episode and a great moment to really inspect their character relationships. I liked it. I referred to my earlier point that I just made a couple seconds ago. Uh, but this episode is also, this episode also birthed a glorious meme that is very underrated, which is just <laughs> Carlton's face in the slow-mo while the basketball is in the air when he makes the shot. He's just like, yeah. (laughs) I just love that image so much and nobody ever uses it. (laughs) 
Oh, when I saw that, it, it was probably the biggest laugh I got of the episode. So there's that. All right, episode 12, Talking Turkey. Will's mom uh, proves she still exists by coming to visit for Thanksgiving, but also accuses the kids of being spoiled, resulting in them making Thanksgiving dinner. Who expects anyone to just make Thanksgiving dinner on their first try, let alone literal, actual children? I mean, Aunt Viv hasn't made Thanksgiving herself in probably many, many years. It actually, to me, it, to me, it holds up in the episode. Like for her to go, you're gonna make it, and then it all goes to hell. Like it holds up. I've made many dishes. Uh, like you and I are both like pretty decent, like home cooks. Like we've made a lot of food. I've made the turkey for the past many years. I would shit myself if I had to make Thanksgiving dinner all by myself on the first try. I mean, yeah, and they do kind of shit themselves. I don't I don't know what your complaint is here. Because <laughs> I'm like, who expected this to go well with no supervision? Like, it's the only dinner that you have. You don't have a backup? Anything? Like, what the hell? <laughs> Listen, sibling rivalry as adults can cloud many things. Oh, my God. Uh, episode 13, knowledge is power. When Hillary causes trouble for Will, he seeks revenge and instead discovers a huge secret she's been hiding from her parents. Uh, the most character development we get out of Hillary for the first half of the season. I mean, true. Uh, another classic arc, like we've seen this a million times in a million episodes of a million shows. It's nothing new. Uh, with another classic Yeah, it's the blackmail meme. exploitation. What? Blackmail exploitation. Black. I, I'm. Very yeah, I know. I, I understand what it sounds like. <laughs> I'm very confused all of a sudden. <laughs> uh, but also another classic gif. Like a lot of these, like really classic gifts come in the just the first season of this show. That's pretty impressive. Uh, but also, this episode had a very... Uh, I liked the resolution of this episode. I thought it was very good. Oh, yeah. Uh, episode 14, Day Damn One. A thinly veiled scary story. Uh, Will recounts his first days at Bel Air Academy, where he vandalizes uh, a important desk. Yeah, it's straight up va vandalism, but, you know. Um, yeah. What's even the point of this framing device? It's not a Halloween episode. Yeah. And if it's literally just about Will's first days at school, this should have come way earlier than this. A hundred percent agree. I don't know why they chose to do it at this point. In fact, there's a couple of episodes here where I'm like, these are out of order. The story you're telling is out of order. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, episode 15, Deck the Halls. Uh, Will, uh, uh, yeah, Will and Ashley go all out in decorating the house for Christmas, angering the neighbors. Trevor? Again, I'll stand by my whole other people need to learn lessons besides Will, and I, I, I liked the arc of this episode. This whole episode is so meh to me, I can't even bring myself to think of something clever to say. I mean, honestly, it's probably not even the, it's probably not even in the top, top three of no. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air Christmas episodes, so. No. Episode 16, Lucky Charm. A client of Uncle Phil's thinks Will is good luck, entrusting crucial business decisions to him. Um, yeah. This episode is the equivalent of that famous shrug gif from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Just like, yeah, all right, it's okay. Yeah, I mean, I go I go along with it. I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was actually kind of funny. 
So even though I knew, it's one of those where like, I, it's one of those where it's like, I knew the joke was coming. Like I saw the punchline coming because I'd seen it, but also like, yeah, no, I still enjoyed it. Yeah. Number 17, the ethnic tip. And Viv becomes Will and Carlton's history teacher after they accurately point out how little black history is being taught. They both assume they'll get a free ride, but Aunt Viv has other plans. Trevor Lee Beverly? Uh, totally agree with uh, Aunt Viv in the entire episode, and uh, think it's a, a good message for the time. From, for 1991, I think this is a good episode. I have one thing to say, and it's to the fictional characters of Will Smith and Carlton Banks. Aunt Viv deserves better than this, you assholes. How dare you? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How dare you, sir? Anyway. All right, episode 18. The Young and the Restless. Uh, Uncle Phil's mother returns after a brief illness off screen, causing Uncle Phil to become overprotective. So interesting thing about this, they mentioned Queen Latifah. So she exists in this universe, but is also a guest star in a later episode. I found that to be very funny and interesting. Also, I mean, there's a lot of people... Like, they have a fake Ronald Reagan in one episode. It's like, you know, oh, I think they're probably pretty fast and loose with... Pretty fast and loose with uh, it's playing playing characters too. and being people. That fake Ronald Reagan was wild. <laughs> I was like, "What am I looking at?" It very much at? just like I was like, "Uh," I was like, "I don't like the real one. The fake one just doesn't doesn't help." <laughs> I was like, "What is this episode?" Um, but also, what happened to Grandpa? Like. He's explicably... Yeah, I think we might never see him again. <laughs> he's explicably not here. And in the episode, the grandma flirts with another older guy. So I'm like, what What happened? <laughs> they just wrote him out, like, completely. Yeah, I mean, he didn't really have that much to do in the episode that he was in. No. It's not. It's about grandma. Let's, yeah. Like, that's what it is. Episode 19, It Had to Be You. Jazz sets up Will with his sister, but turns out to be extremely demanding until Carlton steps in. Trevor? Uh, again, didn't remember it, kind of enjoyed it, kind of problematic. I think a little bit more than, more, a little bit more than kind of. <laughs> I mean, to be this fair, episode would... even even in this day and age, I, I, I have, like, legitimately met women like that. Like... No, yeah, I'm sure... People like this exist, but just, oof, like this episode would never fly today and I'm happy for it. I'm glad. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that like Carlton has, it because Carlton like stands firm, she's suddenly like attracted to him. It's like, uh, no. And they kind of even acknowledge that. They're kind of even like, oh, this doesn't actually work. And later, like in the, in the kind of conclusion of the episode when other men try it and it's like, yeah, no. It's very much like uh, uh, men and men and women are women. And it's like, we don't it's we're beyond this now. (laughs) Well, I shouldn't say we Uh, those of us in the 21st century are beyond this. Tim Allen is not beyond this and all of his shows. (laughs) (laughs) Episode 20. Nice lady. When Jeffrey's former employer visits, he bores Phil and Vivian to tears. His daughter, on the other hand, pro, uh, proves to be quite the handful for Will, who has to be her chaperone. 
I'm actually kind of shocked that there was no sexual slant to the relationship between Will and Penelope. Agreed. Seems exactly like something that these writers would do like nine out of ten times, but for whatever reason, they just didn't do that. So, interesting. Maybe it's character growth. I don't know. I mean, he does get a girlfriend in the next episode. True! And I, uh, do you have anything to say about this episode? No, I mean, it's, again, it, it, the, the thing about the show is that, like, yes, I can see all the tropes and I can see things coming, but I, that doesn't mean I'm not enjoying it. And, and I think I chopped that up mostly into performances, so I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that later. So, episode 21, Love at First Fight, Will starts to date a student of Aunt Viv's, but it soon, become, but it soon becomes an unexpected threat to her scholarship. Trevor Lee Beverly. Um, I think actually more complex than it seems, you know, she's dating a younger guy who doesn't know how to kind of give her those boundaries, and she's also using it kind of as an out to to the stress that she has, and so I think it's, uh, you know, I think it's actually a, a well-constructed episode um, that cr- creates, like, real interesting problems. I'm mad as hell this relationship didn't last. Yeah. They- Ooh! They spend so much of this season making you damn well aware of the fact that Will is single and can't get a good relationship and that, oh, this relationship is actually, like, good. Like, that, and that's it. It's just, it's just a good relationship. And then, I don't know well, about... Well, I think I, I think I just... Mm-hmm. No, Kari, sorry, good. No, I was just, I don't know about the season two. I, I don't know if she ever comes back. And I'm just like, ah, oh, what? No, c- come back and don't leave. <laughs> well, if I may talk about this for like two seconds, since we're kind of at the end of the episodes that like they definitely like picked women who were models and not actors for most of the women he pursues um, in the entire series. There's so many like I'm acting right now and I'm just supposed to say these lines because this character is not important to the writers. And this is the first time where it's like, yeah, the relationship works because it's an actual person. Kind of the same thing with um, uh, Jazz's sister, Vivica Fox. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, yeah, I think that's a fa- I think that's a valid point. All right, episode twenty-two, Banks shot. When Will gets hustled at a pool hall, Uncle Phil has to find a way to bail him out. Another l- iconic episode. Oh yeah, extremely. Uh, I really wanted more. Ep- <laughs> I really wanted more episodes like this one specifically this season. Uh, adding layers to the characters, getting away from the rigid authoritarian roles of the parents, like, I really dug it. It's like a very prototypical sitcom type of story, but I like that it adds dimension to Phil, who at this point, like, oh, yeah. he only really got added dimension when his mother was involved, really. Um, They used him a few times here and there for comedy, but... Really, this is probably where they really were like, let's actually do something with Phil. Uh, and just, in general, James Avery is a legend. Yes, rest in peace. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, like I said, iconic iconic episode, and it's <laughs> it's very much another instance of, uh, oh, we're not so different, you and I, that Will and Phil will have for the rest of time. Mm-hmm. Um it's like <laughs> that's 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 their dynamic for all the show from from the first episode to the end of just showing that's like Phil needs to learn how to undo his crazy shit. But Will needs to learn how to be as responsible and be the man that that Phil is trying to teach him to be. Yeah, we're not so different. You and I, you and with your lawyers and your court cases and me, I got all these fucking markers. 
<laughs> Shameful plagiarism. Uh, episode 23, we're, we're nearing the end. 72 hours. Will bets Carlton he wouldn't last the weekend in a dangerous part of town. The worst part? Carlton starts to get in too deep. Trevor? I mean, yeah, it's a for, it's a major part of Carlton's character that it's like, oh, when he starts to go down a path of something, he doesn't know how to get out of it. Um, when he starts to make like these major changes to his attitude to conform to something, he doesn't know how to go back. And so, you know, it's it's it's, it's almost like there's be- there's better instances of this throughout the series than this episode. And so I don't really think about this one when I consider that like those kinds of story arcs that Carlton does. Uh, honestly, I actually like, I really like the conceit of this episode, just in the sense that, like, I kind of really like when you have characters that are very kind of one note, and then you challenge the one note. Like, I like that when yeah. you do put Carlton in this element, he does know how to adapt. He's not like, you know, a cardboard box. Like, you know, he actually, yeah. you know, kind of deals with it in a good way. I mean, I think a better illustration of that, though, of like Carlton getting into something like getting in over his head and having to work around it is the episode where he takes speed, um, which is, I think, like in a season or two, Um, which, you know, is later. Yeah. Uh, Episode 24, just infatuation. When a young star visits Ashley for her birthday, it leads to a blossoming romance that Will and Carlton attempt to stomp out. I don't know. It's just me. This episode make anyone else uncomfortable. Just a little bit. Just, just, Just like a tiny bit. Yeah. Just a little bit. It's a little bit weird. But also, like, you got the problematic thing of, like, of, like, I must defend her honor because because she is woman and she is young. And it's like, yes, she is too young. You're correct. But, like, also, like, the way you handle it is also weird. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's difficult not to pull at the sitcom thread. And what I mean by that is, like... Once you start getting into, like, well, there's a better way to handle this. It sort of starts to, like, tug at the thread of, like, yeah, but this is a sitcom and there kind of has to be cartoonish Mm -hmm. ways of doing things. But then sometimes with certain episodes, it really is just, like, there's really just a much easier way to deal with this and you're kind of just not doing it. (laughs) Uh, But that leads us to our final episode, episode 25, Working It Out. Hillary gets a job working for a demanding movie star who takes a disturbing liking to Will. Trevor? Uh, I mean, no opinions. It's <laughs> Why do you end on this note is really my question. Like, all right. Yeah, it is a very... I guess this was pre, like, pre, like, we need to end with something. Yeah, I mean, I could see if you maybe were like, well, we're kind of planting the seeds for Hillary and Jazz throughout the season, and then you end on a major breakthrough in their relationship, that's the only way this makes sense to end the season. But also, no. Fuck that. <laughs> so, yeah, I remember what I said about the other episode? Strike that. This episode really makes me uncomfortable. Uh, if it weren't for the queen... Uh, Queen L-A-T-I-F-A-H in command. It might have been the worst one of the season for me. Just because I really, honestly, fucking hate the thing that sitcoms love to do of just like, oh man, you said no to this guy over and over and over and over and over again and made your feelings abundantly clear. 
why don't you just give him a chance? And it's just like, the chance was failed when she said no the first time. Like... And they let that go, though. And I hate the whole, like, everything changes when he says a nice thing about someone who, like, that's just such a given. Like, you don't, you don't, nothing changes when you go, she's nice and I like her. (laughs) This is just going to result to me, like, just quoting John Mulaney constantly. (laughs) 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 My girlfriend is a, okay. Uh, (laughs) It's not quite the same in this one either, so. And I like her so much. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's the episode guide. Um, highest rated, lowest rated episode, Trev? Uh, lowest rated, very easy. Episode eight with the clips. No My point. God. Hated it. Actually, I actually, like, like I skipped the clips. I was like, when do they start <laughs> talking about new stuff again? I skipped it. I was like, I gotta get through, I gotta get through 25 of these and I have to watch this. No, we're skipping it. I did the exact same thing. I was just like, no, you didn't earn this. <laughs> like, bad Fresh Prince. No. No. <laughs> um, Highest rated episode? Uh, I think it's a tie between uh, Bank Shot and uh, the, car, the car theft one. Okay. Uh, I was also kind of back and forth between Bank Shot and um, Love at First Fight, the one with uh, Aunt Viv's student. Uh, yeah. And what's interesting is that they're they're back to back too, so it's really just like you get a you get a couple episodes uh, that are probably the peak of the season. Um, if I were hard pressed, I probably would go with uh, Love at First Fight though, just because. Yeah. I think the pacing actually matches what the intention of the emotionality of the episode is. Like, it's a deeper mm-hmm. episode, so it kind of takes its time a little bit more. I don't even think there's a B-plot, necessarily. It's literally just, no, we're going to take the entire yeah. episode to flesh out this one romance. And the entire romance, to my knowledge, I could be wrong, but it just lasts this one episode and... I mean, it ends up being, in my opinion, like one of the best episodes of the season. So, hey. I mean, I would say that actually about the whole whole series, though, is that like there aren't a lot of B plots. Like, no. For the most part, a lot of our our supporting characters will will do like French scenes where it's like, I'm only hearing part of this. I'm gonna make a joke that fits with my character. Okay, bye. Yeah, it's like if you're not the focus of the episode, you're very much an accessory. It's that kind of show. Which, I mean, sometimes I'm okay with because, like, nobody, nobody, it, there was a moment where I was like, oh, wait, are, are Carlton and, and, uh, Hillary gonna be, like, really mean and not sympathetic in this whole season? And then, like, they got their days. And so, like, there's no one in the immediate family that I feel didn't have time in this very long season to have some sort of development and have the spotlight for a second. Which brings us very uh, organically to, let's do most valuable character first. And I'm going to honestly say Aunt Viv for me. She's very consistent. Oh, same thing. Same here. (laughs) 
She's very consistent. I thought about same, Jeffrey. Same here. And Jeffrey's up there. Uh, but mm-hmm. Aunt Viv just literally from the first second she opens her mouth in the epi- in first episode to all the way through the entire season. Yeah, I don't know if she's ever really had a dull or bad moment or even when she's kind of uh, wrong. Like, it's still like it's not as bad as when other characters are wrong. So it's like, yeah, yeah, very enjoyable. The thing about when Aunt Viv is wrong is that Aunt Viv is wrong in a way that like the audience won't won't necessarily immediately realize she's wrong. Like the two times that she's wrong is like the Thanksgiving episode and the Don Cheadle episode. And she's wrong for like decent reasons. It's like, oh, my children should probably do more. And oh, I don't want my daughter throwing her life away on this guy who has no future. But she has to learn the other things of like, hi, you you get it. You still have some connection to your roots in a way that Phil doesn't most of the time because you teach black history and teach at a university. So like, you're the smartest one in the room, but you also have taken on like levels of privilege that you need to like unlearn in order to inhabit the same world as these people. And so like, that's when Aunt Viv is wrong. And that's still like a great narrative to tell. Yeah. Of having this character be wrong for those reasons. So least valuable character. Uh, honestly, Carlton. Because people's love of Carlton, I don't think, comes in this season. To be fair, he doesn't have a um, ton. I think what... He doesn't have a ton to really do that makes him stand out in this season. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with that. And I think that he very much, like... Because they're spending so much, and deservably, deservedly so, so much time on Will's pros and cons throughout the whole season. Like, Will gets to show a lot of sides of himself. And so I think that because Carlton is a direct foil to him and they don't treat him as, as much and everything that happens to Carlton happens because he's with Will. Um, then I think that, that he doesn't really, I'm, I'm really looking at this less from a, who put a bad taste in my mouth to a, Oh, like he didn't bring anything valuable. Um, you know, in a way in the episode with the, with the car theft, he kind of acts as, from from today's perspective i'm like yeah that's what that's what white people think <laughs> is that like oh yeah no it just makes sense of course they stop them and carlton has to reckon with that um and so it's like he has a moment where he has to reckon with something deep but that doesn't necessarily mean that he brings anything of value to it hmm. all fair points uh i humbly uh submit that miley's valuable character is will smith <laughs> Just because I, th- I I really think you're wrong. I I think I can argue no, why that's not, not true. No, it's not a matter of right and wrong. I think you should. It's not a matter of right. No, and but wrong. I think you, I think you should think about it more. No, because honestly, in every episode, my least favorite part was Will Smith. In every episode, just because. And look, it's I'm not saying it's Will's fault for a number of reasons. I'm not saying it's Will's fault, like. Will, this is the first, like, actual acting experience that Will had, and the script is not, like, uniquely strong, even for other characters, at many points in the season, and honestly, things are so, like, broad and slapsticky, over-the-top goofy, that it's like, 
honestly, you have to be a James Avery. You have to have a character like a Hillary. Like, you have to be very strong and command the room like Aunt Viv. Like, that's the only way you really get certain things to work. And for me, honestly, a lot of just the writing of Will and the directing of Will and the execution of Will kind of works in a way that I don't like. Like, I just kind of don't really like the braggadocious, like, larger-than-life, you know, I'm going to do things my own way, and if you don't like that, you just hating kind of character that Will is through majority of the season even in his, like, more moments of, you know, I guess being wise in his own way, a lot of the time, he is still being very judgmental of other people. Like, there is an element of, like, hey, you need to let me be me, but you, I don't like the way that you are you, so you you gotta change that. So it's like, it's, it is still, like, that double standard that they touch on in the first episode with the whole like you know uncle phil tells will hey uh no no no, uh okay which way is it uh i think they both kind of tell each other that like you can't judge a book by its cover you think you know me but you don't and then they literally turn around and kind of kind of both infer or just say outright i know exactly who you are (laughs) so it's like they both kind of contradict that very same statement of like, and Will does that a lot in the season of like, you know, the big one I think is with Jeffrey and with Carlton of just like, hey, 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 nah, 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 nah. You can't be like that. You got to be like this. This is the only way this going to work. And I'm like, well, not everybody has to be at your speed, Will. Like, damn, like... <laughs> Jeffrey has his own way of being cool. And in some situations, Carlton is just as good as you can be, if not better. One thing that's very much overlooked in the basketball episode is that Carlton actually knows strategy with basketball. It's never really touched on. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. Like, there's so... That episode is very indicative of, like, see, this is kind of what I don't like about will because he kind of jumps into this scenario hogs all the limelight and yet the episode still kind of both sides it a little bit and goes like hey carlton you know you're just as being just as bad as will and i'm like not really i mean will's kind of being a bit of an asshole in this episode but i mean okay i mean i i guess maybe i sympathize with that episode a little bit more because I've been in those situations where it's like, I've been on both sides of it, where I've been the person who's been like jealous that somebody is suddenly getting all the attention on something that I've been doing for forever, but it's all that person has at the moment. And I've also been the person where it's like, look, being good at this is all I have and is all the, all the capital I have in this situation. And you're going to like besmirch, you're going to besmirch me for that. Like that's, that's tough. Like I've been in both shoes. And so I guess that's why like it was easier for me to both sides it. Um, because yeah, it definitely, the hammer definitely comes down more on Carlton in this situation. It definitely is like a Carlton, you're being an asshole, but well, you should also change, but Carlton. And like, I get that. Mm-hmm. So, so it's yeah. like, I mean, yeah, I, I can understand you not liking that will as a character, but I do think that like, 
the 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 evidence that you put out still does support that it's like yeah these are the lessons that will has to learn and that like that's the point of the episode yeah i mean he doesn't really change that much throughout the season though i mean i guess but i mean like how how quickly do sitcom characters change i mean i'm not asking for quick i'm just asking for something <laughs> yeah um, so I guess that brings us to general notes, but honestly, we've said a lot already. I just want to say, like, oh my god, 25 episodes. Like, maybe it's me in quarantine that, like, I'm watching, like, HBO where everything's, like, 13 episodes, or, like, I'm watching, like, The Good Place, which is all, all like, half seasons um, in their later years that, like, I just didn't have the stamina for this. Like, I, I was getting in episodes, and I was very much like, okay, because it's older and I've seen it, like, I know what's going to happen. I'm going to keep on it and watch it in its entirety because I want to make sure that I don't miss anything or don't, like, you know, overlook something we can talk about. But also just like, yeah, I could have fast-forwarded through a lot of this just because it's like, it's a lot. And this just kind of goes to show, like, how much a pilot season would get you back in 1990. The thing about it, about this season, is like, if this is your elevator pitch... I don't know, dude. It's a little weak sauce because there's a lot of cliches and tropes and oversimplifications and very broad, like, comedy. And maybe it's the fact that, like, yeah, we are in 2020 and we've been in the quote-unquote golden age of television and, you know, sitcoms have evolved I mean, in some degree, I mean, you know, you watch Big Bang Theory and you go, my God. But, you know, in general, Michael like, Schur shows have evolved. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you go from something like Fresh Prince to something like even even the first season of Brooklyn Nine-Nine is like it still has like it's still very clearly the first season and they're still navigating stuff but they also have a lot of actual ideas that are different and unique to Brooklyn 99 whereas Fresh Prince is kind of like you have a lot of ideas that I I've seen before and they're not really specific to Fresh Prince as more like they're specific to a certain demographic of america in 1990 so it's like i i agree with that but i think that there's still some like validity to that being their niche yeah in a way that it's like this this describes the world for black and white america in this in this place with these kind of pop culture influences happening it's different than the jeffersons because it's a different time period and and time has moved on and other things have happened Mm -hmm. like the like this is post Reagan America for black wealthy people and black people from Philadelphia and like you know somebody from the quote unquote hood which is becoming the the cultural center of music and so I think it's just like yeah you're totally right in that it's like a lot of the oh let's put the black people and make them do the white thing and let's look at this fish out of water thing it's like yeah totally valid and seeing it before but I think it's I think it deserves some credit for for putting it where it is in in the timeline of talking about how we talk about these stories. And, you know, I think we also do need to mention a bit of an elephant in the room. Uh, there has been talks of a uh, Fresh Prince reunion. I think I saw that they're actually doing it somewhere around the time that this will be uploaded. Uh, we're obviously yep. recording this before 
Thanksgiving when it, when the, around when this comes out. Um, and there's talks of rebooting the Fresh Prince. But here's my thing that here's the thing that kills me is that rebooting the Fresh Prince is actually a great idea. Unless you do it as a drama, which is exactly what they're doing. And that's where I'm like, no, you got like 50% of this. I thought that was just a joke. Huh? I thought that was, I thought that was a fan trailer. No, I don't know if they released a trail trailer, but they're definitely seriously going like, no, we're going to remake the fresh Prince as a drama. And I'm like, no, that's like, that misses like the whole like point. What is like Ryan Murphy attached to it? Like that sounds gross. I have, no idea. I don't even know who that is. But like, <laughs> Ryan Murphy is Glee, Glee, and American Horror Story, uh, and because I'm just Pose. like, but remaking Fresh Prince as a comedy is way more interesting. Remaking the Fresh Prince as a comedy in 2020 is actually really interesting. Like, especially if Will Smith then takes over the James Avery role. I guess he's old enough, but you'd have to really redo that character then if he if it's Will. Like I I mean to me I'm thinking like a girl meets world like sequel kind of thing. Oh, okay. I thought I okay. I didn't know if we were actually like rebooting it or if it was like a continuation. Okay, gotcha. Um But yeah, so I guess uh this is the time for judgment unless there's any more general notes no i think that like i think it's just worth noting that it's like this show is full of powerhouse performances that like really just only get better as the show goes on yeah just what i you know obviously i've seen the most of the show like james avery like takes us to town both in comedy and in like drama chops will smith definitely comes into his own while doing the show like there's the iconic episode later in in the run of the show with his father and and the stuff that like you know and then but also like you know we see that like uh, you know hillary and carlton both come into their own in both emotional and comedic ways ashley grows up on the show the one thing i'm confused about because i forget why they replaced aunt viv because like if it was a contract thing or the actress Okay. It was very I, I almost if if we continue to watch this, I, I'm I'm actually like really concerned because what I remember of the other Aunt Viv is not like good. No. It kinda is just like sidelined. I'm whereas like this to me is like this is Aunt Viv. I may have to actually like veto Fresh Prince post like dark skinned at Aunt Viv. I may just have to do that for the culture because yeah. it's like uh, I really, I really don't like. And look, I, w- I wasn't there. I will never know as much as the actual cast knows and everyone involved. But and so I don't know who's in the right. I don't know who's in the wrong. Frankly, I don't really care. It's not my place. Yeah. But at the same time, she is Aunt Viv. Like I, I will accept no other Aunt Viv. Like that's just that's just how it is. Unfortunately, with some people, it's just like that's the character. I, look. Retire the character if you if you gonna recast them because it's like no, I mm, that's just the case sometimes, um, but yeah that that's honestly all for a later date if we even get there, 
And yeah. for everything you say, I mean, I may agree, but not for season one. I, I season one doesn't really see my my whole thing is that like I think that despite all the cliches and like them playing with a lot, you know, they're kind of playing. They're sometimes I think the writers are playing action figures with these characters. They know some things about them, they don't know other things about them, and they're trying to make them into real people. But I think what actually makes it work and why and why it continues on and becomes even better and you build on what's already been established is because of that powerhouse cast. Um, I think that they do wonders with a script that I think in other hands could have fallen apart. I mean, I will say this and we're going to and then we're going to do our final judgments. But I will say that this season one is all about potential it's about like you're scratching the surface of what you can provide but honestly if we're going to be real a pilot season is like nobody's going to hit it out of the park the first season so that's not what i'm expecting but also there's not like the very little that i can say about friends season 1 is that friends feels like friends it may not feel like the authentic friendship relationships that the show, like, you know, kind of inevitably markets itself on. It's literally called Friends, and yet it doesn't really do the friendships that great, but it feels like Friends. And, like, Friends is, like, unmistakable. A lot of their dynamics are pretty unmistakable at this point, and that was even true in season one. Actually, I would say each season after season one dilutes a lot of that. A whole hell of a lot. So, but with Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, it's like... I have a feeling that everyone is capable of better. That includes the cast, the directing, and the writing. I feel like everyone could get better. So... While I do admit that, yeah, there's a lot of potential, I would say in season one, season one by itself in a bottle, eh, you failed the elevator pitch. Okay. So you're going to vote. You're going to vote reject. I didn't say that. Okay. All right. Those words did not leave my lips, mister. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm just reacting to what you seem to be going for there, buddy. (laughs) So, yeah, what I'm saying is that... They're showing that the potential is there to be better. So because of that, I will renew because I didn't Mm -hmm. ever hate any of the episodes. I hated elements of the dated nature of the show, but that's not really, you can't really put too much of that on the show itself. It can't really help when it it, when it was released. So I can only do so much with that. But there is potential there. And the I think the worst I ever was was indifferent. And that's fine. Because I was never bored, per se. But I was indifferent to a lot of it. Uh, or there were things that kind of irked me. Like Will, the character. I mean, I was the same. Uh, I was very much the same. But there were also things that I really liked. Like, I really liked Jeffrey. Hillary was actually pretty surprising as how good that actress was. Um, Because you kind of take it for granted 
because uh, she's not one of the ones that, you know, sticks out. Her and Ashley aren't really the ones that, you know, become as iconic of the characters in the main cast. But, like, I came into this show, obviously, the show came out in 90. It came out, like, years before I was even born. But I grew up with it, and I watched it, not faithfully, but I watched episodes of it when I was, like, a child. And going back to this show as an adult, it was just like, oh, shit, Hillary's actually, like, hot. <laughs> That's weird I mean, for me. I will say this, it's like... <laughs> That you can you can feel the underlying current of like oh clearly the person playing Hillary as a person like the actor is probably really fucking smart and so it's like it's difficult to really pull off characters who are like vapid and don't know stuff and be funny like it's no, actually she hard. really did a good job she does a fantastic job I think like legitimately her comedic delivery is one of the best in the show like mm-hmm. she's really good and really doesn't get a chance to, like, stretch a lot of muscles as the character, which is going to be interesting if we ever get a season two. Um, but, yeah, in terms in terms of just me, I, I renew it just because I want to see what season two offers. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think, I mean, my arguments have all been laid out. I'm, I'm also renew, so we're going to pass this on. Yeah. He renewed. That's the new song. For when we renew. The <laughs> the reject song is oh, da, da, they didn't like it, it's rejected. <laughs> That's the reject what you, song. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing over there? <laughs> ba, 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 da, da, it's rejected. <laughs> Dilly, do, 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 they renew it. I'm giving you so much to work with. This is going to be amazing bonus content. (laughs) All right, you know what time it is. It is time for reject or renew draft, baby. Yeah. I like this a little bit too much. I'm going to be honest. I I, I kind of like... (laughs) I just it's really exciting. like I like the roulette. I really like the draft aspect of it. Oh, okay. Now, so. I think the uh, I think the center from Clemson has a really good shot tonight. But what do you think, Glenn? Oh, no, you know, I think Ohio is going to get some good picks. I don't know how drafts work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I've never watched a draft, a sports draft in my life. Which is interesting because of an idea that I have we that we might get to eventually, but that's for another day. So, whew, for those who are not familiar, I will breeze through how the draft works. We have a list. Again, it's on our Instagram, at Red Team Pod. It will also be on our website for you to peruse. Uh, they, It's a gigantic list of TV shows, very popular TV shows, a few older ones, a few kind of more cult classics thrown in there for good measure. But we have three categories, comedy, drama slash action, and animated. So what we are going to do is we are going to have a draft of five shows. The first three are going to be one from every one of those categories. We're going to have one random comedy, a random drama slash action show, and a random animated show. Then 
we are going to have a possible renewal of a show that we've finished, which now includes uh, Fresh Prince, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and uh, Friends. So we could possibly go to season two of any of those shows. And since we have yet to really get as big an audience to really, you know, do the actual version of both the fourth and fifth draft picks, uh, ideally on Twitter, you guys would vote for which show would be continued. Uh, for this uh, specific instance, we're going to just let that leave that up to Siri, if that's okay with you, Trev. Yeah. And uh, for the fifth option, ordinarily, you guys would pick, uh, you would vote for any of the shows, regardless of category, regardless of renewal status, and you will vote, whichever one gets the most votes would be that fifth pick. And in the instance of a tie, I'm pretty sure we would just do Siri again. Uh, for this time... Since we don't really have as big an audience just yet, we're growing slowly but surely. Uh, we've reached out to our friends and some family members, and we let them vote. And there was a tie, and we again left it up to a generator. So we actually know what that show is already. The rest of the shows, we are going to find out right now. So, <laughs> all right, fun fruit trees. Uh, <laughs> what, a, what a specific joke. Okay. <clears throat> Our first pick for comedy. All right, rolling a D20, and we have 13. 13 is. Oh my god! <laughs> 13 is the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> I love that. Oh, I thought we moved I thought we moved them over once we once we finished them. <laughs> All I'm doing is these are numbered 1 through 20, so I'm rolling a d20 so they can land. They can ha- we can have repeats. <laughs> All right, cool. Fresh Prince again. Oh my god. <laughs> I <laughs> If it also wins the renewal role, that's going to be amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be insane. Oh, my God. Okay. So now our pick for drama slash action. We're going to re-roll that D20. And it's 19. Wow, it's going for the higher numbers. For fuck's sake. It is Gilmore Girls. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the ones that was tied by our fan pick. <laughs> the universe The stars are aligned. Us- the universe wants us to watch Gilmore Girls for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm very confused. Okay. We're re-rolling for our final uh, of the one per category. Our pick for animation is number six. And that is Full Metal Alchemist. Oh, my God. Oh, this is a variety if there ever was one. Okay, because... If this gets picked, we're going to have to have a little bit of a conversation because I've there is a Full Metal Alchemist uh, straight up anime and then there is Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. And I've heard that you need to watch Brotherhood. I've heard that it doesn't matter. So, oh, my God, that's going to be interesting. Uh, shit. <laughs> OK. All right. Let me see if I can do this for because we only have. 
Uh, we're going to now do which one we're going to put up for renewal. And we only have three of those, so I don't there's not really a three-sided dice, so you know, whatever. Uh let me see if I can. Okay. So I put it into a thing on Google, uh, pick a number from one to three, and it picked one, so Friends is back in the mix. <laughs> This is very interesting. It is very interesting. <laughs> I love it. And then the so one much. that won our fan vote. The one that won our fan vote was Frasier. So this is actually gonna be super fucking interesting. <laughs> yeah, this is insane. This is a very varied uh a little collection of shows we got here. Uh, what does the world have in store for us this December? All right. So, again, once again, our options are Fresh Prince again in a stunning turn of events, Gilmore Girls in a stunning turn of events, Full Metal Alchemist, which I don't know if it's going to be regular or brotherhood, Friends Season 2, or Frasier. All right. I'm putting into this website. We're looking for a number between one and five. Let's see what we got for December. Son of a f fucking bitch. Well, in West Philadelphia, born and raised, we're watching oh my God! two of the Fresh Prince of fucking Bel Air. God damn it. It had to happen at some point. <laughs> <laughs> this will be I'm interesting though. This will be interesting though because this is we're gonna get to see like growth, like really back to back, which I think is gonna be super interesting for us. Oh my god! I wanted a new <laughs> show. Damn it! <laughs> nope. This is where we're at. Oh. All right. <laughs> I mean, it could be worse. I could have to sit through Gilmore Girls. <laughs> All right. I mean, hey, so... you're just antagonizing people who listen to us to then keep voting Gilmore Girls. So, <laughs> well, jokes on them if I end up liking Gilmore Girls. So it's like, hey, <laughs> I got nothing to lose. Um, oh my god. So, in a stunning turn of events, we will continue with Fresh Prince of Bel Air. God damn it. <laughs> next month uh right in time for no uh it will be after christmas because we have our christmas themed episode uh and then the let me check the calendar this might be our last episode of the new of the 2020 yep it's which means uh, we need to drive a stake into the heart of the demon oh god <laughs> so uh, depending on what things are like in the future, this will either be like an interesting way to cap off a dumpster fire of a, of a new of 2020, or it'll be just another thing to deal with in the hellscape that is 2020 that doesn't look to be getting any better. Nice sobering thoughts. Uh, so until next time, uh, I've been. T. I'm T. thankful Patrick. for you, TJ. I mean. We'll see what I'm thankful for at Thanksgiving. <laughs>
Oh, jeez. Okay, you can't even reciprocate? All right, bye. Let's remember that I led off the episode saying I was thankful for you, and you did not reciprocate, so fuck off. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But in this dumpster fire that was 2020, I think it's easily safe to say that uh, this friendship between you and I has absolutely been one of the highlights. Uh, The podcast in general, I never thought would happen at the beginning of this year, and now we're many episodes in, uh, and it has been a wild and crazy ride that I don't know when it's going to end, but hey, we're here while we're here. So, as I was saying, I am TJ Patrick. I'm Trevor Catalano. And I know I speak for both of us, but I will let Trev, uh... Uh, agree with me in just a sec that we are very much thankful for you the listeners as well uh and with that said for everyone that celebrates it have a very happy thanksgiving or depending on what happened this month have as good a thanksgiving as you possibly can one of those (laughs) until next time kill the turkey